0: This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, May 27th, 2023. Ah, May. It's, 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 I was going to say summer's almost here, but. I think it's technically summer now. May Day was the start of summer or.
1: Well, depends on how you reckon it. The official start of summer is going to be in June.
0: Oh, oh, so summer is almost here. I was right.
1: Yeah. In terms of in terms of culturally summer. Memorial Day is coming up. Uh, So this is it. This is this is the last hurrah of spring. Summer movies come out. People go on their Memorial Day vacations.
0: There is a glut of movies that I want to go see to like review. Um, Fast X is out. Fast 10, Fast and the Furious 10. Um, There's Guardians of the Galaxy 3.
1: Rumor has it that uh, Vin Diesel says the word family over 300 times. I'm not surprised.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, um, that oh, the movie with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, where he plays the super math genius whose name I can't remember because Goodwill part. Hunting, Goodwill Hunting, they say the F word like 187 times in that movie, not an exaggeration, literally like 187 times. So, if you had told me he said the word family 187 times, I would not have even questioned. I would, go, oh, really. Well that seems a lot, but there's
1: precedent. This is great. Actually, you gave me a great idea. What if we did a whole show, a whole movie or a whole television show, and replaced every instance of the F-word or a place where you might use the F word and have the character say family instead? Ooh. Oh that's right. What the family is going on in here. <laughs> Cause those
0: are two different F words. I didn't even catch that. They're right over my head. Wow. See, folks, that's why I have a co-host to catch the things that I sometimes miss. All right. Um, oh, while well, you tell me how your week was, I'm going to see what else is out that that I wanted to talk about, maybe reviewing. Oh yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp has hit Disney Plus, so I'm got to review that citadel's last episode there were only six this season uh hit this week and i didn't watch it because we had a guest coming on today because i didn't want to you know review it before our guest um
1: hey hey uh we we're mentioning the seasons we're worldwide uh good morning good morning to australia it's uh autumn there oh yeah Winter's coming
0: in Australia. I was literally thinking about that just yesterday.
1: <clears throat> is is Australia far enough south to get proper snowy winters?
0: I'm pretty sure they get snow. They're pretty far south. They're about as I, far south see, as America is north.
1: I know they're not I know Australia is not exactly tropical. I just I think of it as a barren wasteland at all times with spiders and snakes that are always trying to kill you. Yes.
0: But it's a barren wasteland with, uh, with snow. Um. So Burt Kreiser's, the machine is out. I probably won't be able to see that for a while until it comes to streaming, but I actually did want to see that. It looks terrible, but I want to see it. Um, let's see. Oh, you're showing me, all oh, the garbage.
1: Queensland's Bottom subtropical. Of... Thank you, Mercurius. I'm too lazy what? to pull up Google Maps. What's subtropical? Queensland. The oh, is that, that on the part northern of Australia. part of Australia? Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: well, how was your week? Hey, I can't complain. Uh, my week was pretty good. I, uh, I, I foolishly poked my nose in... And uh, at World of Warcraft, it's been five years or so. Wanted to pop in and see what that's like. Uh, turns out, <clears throat> no matter how much they change, it's all the same. Uh, hey, what's up to the chat? I know I've got Bradford Walker's attention there. Um, I can I can confirm. Uh, he did a bunch of posts on it. I think a year or two ago. I can confirm what he said. Like if you're a new player jumping in, you'll find a ridiculous experience where uh you can't die and all the all of the zones to play in become a gray bland mush um and i'm talking it's chiefly a solo play experience and uh i can't recommend it but for people who played way back when uh they overhauled a lot of systems in uh, the latest expansion and uh, they brought back a lot of things that they got rid of that were very popular stuff like the uh, talent trees from original wow they've returned in a slightly different form um so i there's a lot of good things i could say about those changes because i think a couple of them are pretty good but the game itself it's just not the same game anymore and bradford says blizzard just ruined classic wrath i'm not going to find out um wrath of the lich king was my heyday Uh, i have very fond memories of of ulduar ulduar is the greatest raid ever uh in world of warcraft possibly in all mmos but Um, no, thanks. I don't, I don't need to relive that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, great news. Sort of, um, from some of our friends. Uh, we were talking about this before the show.
0: I want to say one thing real quick. I, I apparently was hypnotizing myself. I was, I was pulling the wool over my own eyes. Because there are literally two movies in the theaters right now that I want to watch to review. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and uh, Fast X. And all the (coughs) other ones I'm waiting for to hit streaming because I didn't get to see them in the theaters. I I was trying to fool myself that were actually there were movies that I I should have known it's 2023. Why would there be movies in the theaters that I would want to go review? I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm Sorry, I'm just going to go be sad over here while you do the news. Oh, he disconnected. I can't even be sad while he does the news. Oh, we had two pieces of news. John's um, internet is tied. Oh, last week we had Hans G. Schantz on, who was uh, talking about his illustrated novel. Oh, are you back? Hey, I'm
1: back. Uh, we thought uh, no. We thought our guest was going to have the technical difficulties, but it's me.
0: <laughs> lost, um, Hans Schantz came uh, on the show last week, and his he was doing a Kickstarter for his uh illustrated novel is uh, that um, was you know it it was the Scopes Monkey trial updated for the modern era a show trial Um, it's called The Wise at Heart and we link to the Kickstarter and between last week's show and today it got funded so, you know, he was all excited. And then Kickstarter shut it down. They took it away because it offended. Like someone made a complaint. We don't know because they won't say. They won't make a comment because, and, and we know they won't make a comment because the story of Kickstarter shutting this, uh, this book down, Kit Fox News online, and also the Blaze. So, it's uh, and he put it up again on another site called Fund My Comic. Honey uh, Shots did the Wise of Heart, and it funded in. Two days, two days it funded uh, the entire over six thousand dollars funding goal. So it still has five days to go um but uh yeah, an incredible story. Obviously he got a lot of attention because it hit uh, you know Fox News online. And uh, it is an example, once again, of um, the disreputable and shabby behavior of online uh, big tech companies when dealing with books and other things that are outside of the approved political narrative. Um, and I'm glad to see that he landed on his feet. He said he had a backup plan ready to go in case that might happen. He absolutely did. And, um, you know, congratulations on getting the funding back. Um so now that now that, uh, now that, I've done most of the news story, I'm going to turn over to door and all and that, see if you have anything else to add.
1: I don't really have anything else to add. I, I've added the... Uh, I posted the link in chat if you're interested. And uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, I've, I'm showing the uh, Fun My comic. The... What amuses me is the timing. That uh, I'm pretty sure we're to blame for exposing him to whoever's going to complain, but also for getting more people to back it. Uh, so this is it. This is this is your path to success, is to hanging out with us on the Geek Gang,
0: because we'll get you canceled. That's because <laughs> we'll get awesome. You
1: Our our no-politics policy has not saved us, DW. (laughs) Which isn't the purpose of our no-politics policy. It's just funny that it happened that way. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I want to mention um, before we get to the the main event is, uh, and I should have mentioned this last week, but uh, Brian Niemeyer's latest book, Combat Frame, Z-Strike XSeed was also released. It's now live on Amazon. I got my early backer copy uh, and I read it and uh, it, wow. I I believe I'm quoted as saying, dude, dude, the uh, this is the last book in his space mecha action series. Uh, it ties up all the threads from all the other books and has grand galactic battles between giant carrier ships and planet you know, orbiting weaponry and, of course, fighting robots with guns and laser swords. And Rawl. Rawl is in the book. In fact, he's in the opening scene and, and he does a lot of work. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about Uh, Brian Niemeyer's uh, Combat Frame Exceed series is that when he does his crowdfunding, he gives his readers a lot of the ability to purchase perks that get them and their ideas in the book. Um, I'm a little bit biased because I know about a lot of the characters and the people. So, you know, for me, it's personally fun when the, the first scene of the book is Roel, um You know, his character's uh, doing his thing. And uh, and and spoiler, he lives, he survives, um, which is unusual for a Brian Niemeyer book. <clears throat> but you get to read that and you say, oh, hey, I know that guy. We've had him on the Geek Cab before. And um, my other bias comes in because... I have not one, not two, but three mech designs featured in the story. I was going to (laughs) ask. So I, uh, uh, I commissioned a mech for the story and my mech from the previous story features heavily in the first half of the book. And The other mech that was commissioned in the story before that makes a cameo appearance uh so i'm i'm super biased but here's something that's not biased the uh the pacing and the action are perfect it is fun and exciting and um and i've thought about this a lot because when you come into the end of a series there's going to be a lot of characters that you don't know about and maybe revelations that are going to go over your head but the actions exciting enough and the, the story's interesting enough that uh, I think you could pick this up and just read it though. I would start with uh, combat frame seed S and read the whole thing. Highly recommended, really good stuff. Um, Brian Meyer is at the top of his game now in, in his career. Um, so uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I can put a link to the Amazon page in the chat. Hanging out live, you guys can see the the page. I recommend it. Um, And that's all I got to say about that. All right. So, uh... shall shall we, shall we talk about more crowdfunded fiction?
0: I know of a couple of crowdfunds that are running right now but I'd have to look
1: <laughs> I was talking about our guest Oh so- that's
0: right our guest has a crowdfund <laughs> running That's why he's on the show
1: yeah I, I thought he was just gonna hang out and, and have us talk about uh, you know talk about everybody else's crowdfunding things. Check out Gemini Man by JD Cowan by the way. he thinks Brian does great stuff.
0: Hey, there's a secret project by Pylum Press. I don't know if it's secret or not, but there's an anthology that they're releasing that uh, their editor has threatened to send me an advanced copy of. So I don't know if that's going to be crowdfunded or not. Yes. Yes? Yes, I,
2: I... I didn't know if I, my mic was live or not, <clears throat> but yes. As a matter of fact, I believe we have one of the authors in chat right now. Uh, not John Daker, but uh, but yes, that is uh, that is crowdfunded. I've got it someplace, um, but uh, he might be able to provide the link to it um, because it will take me forever to find it. Um, but uh, but yes, that is, that is uh, in crowdfunding right now. Um, there it is. Death Flex. It's uh, Pylon Press's new... Um, new Voices number three. It, uh, it features um, some, um, <clears throat> some authors who are um, not as widely known, not as... Uh, as uh, don't have as much uh, experience, um, but um, but I, too, am going to be sent a, uh, an advanced copy because, you know, I'm just that cool. Um, but uh, I don't know if that link that I just posted is going to work or whether you need to do something to make it a link, but that's it.
0: Um, well, I will say this. Um... Oh, wait, I already talked about this last week. I literally did. We talked about this. I mentioned this last week. When I talked about the Pilum Press offerings at the bottom of the show. Mm -hmm. So. I was out in front of myself there, too.
1: In front of yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm so good. I'm better than myself. (laughs) That's how good I am. That's pretty good. Um. So I guess the only thing, other thing I have to say before we jump in with uh, Misha Burnett here uh, and his Small Worlds Anthology, which is uh, by Kerselva Publishing, which is currently uh, in Kickstarter in the last few days, um, is that we had the second session of the Carabroan Islands, uh, the frozen tropical islands uh, in Trilopolis campaign, this last Thursday, and the uh, um, we're not going to talk about it today because we don't have time, but uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it uh, sometime soon, um, because it's been going really, uh, I think it's been going really well.
1: Yep, we all seem to be having a good time. It's good to get back.
0: <clears throat> so uh, I me. will say this also about crisova and I said this last week, so I'm going to say it again. crisova Publishing um, has been uh, every time they put up a Kickstarter, they have fulfilled it with monotonous regularity. You can, you have, they have established with me a reputation for, I mean, the the one project I can, I can remember being quote unquote late was like two months. And when you're talking about Kickstarters and Indiegogo campaigns being normally up to a year late that's like normal lateness on kickstarters um most of them coming out on time and me personally i live in a time vortex uh and i've moved and the time vortex has moved with me i get my package like two or three days after they ship so um it is it's practically Kursova is practically fulfilling before the kickstarter goes up i don't know how he does it um so i would encourage everyone uh if you're worried about whether uh whether uh, about joining a crowdfunding campaign because of whether or not it's going to come out or whether or not it's going to be late don't ever worry about Krasova, because Krasova Publishing uh, has been incredible—just it, it literally in a class on uh, of their own. Um,
1: yeah, my man Alex, he puts in the work, and it shows.
0: Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to turn this over to Dornall to. I just introduced our guest, didn't I?
1: Yeah. Took my thunder. Stole my thunder. It's okay.
2: Well, you didn't tell them what my name is. Yes, I did.
1: Misha oh, Burnett, what? welcome back to the show.
2: there. I'm glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> been kind of a crazy week, but uh, I have been looking forward to this. So uh, um, I I am not a, a self-promoter. I am not a a people person um and uh and so i always kind of sweat when i have a kickstarter going on and i'm like oh god i gotta be on all these different shows but i like you guys um so uh, and it's it's fun to see uh my uh my usual suspects here hi raleigh hi john dacre uh jd cohen bradford um i don't know everybody but uh but yeah uh this is we are coming here on small worlds uh we have got 95 backers i would love to get 100 over the next four days but we'll see what happens um <clears throat> this is uh i actually looked it up this is um Kersova's 21st project on uh, on Kickstarter and uh, <laughs> yes I know um, wow. but uh, but so and and as you say he's he's always fulfilled uh, on time uh, I am very hesitant to back Kickstarters or crowdfunded projects for people I don't know because I've been burned a number of times and um, where, you know, they just stop updating and then you never hear anything again. And, and it's like, well, you know, it makes me very sad. But um, but I think possibly because because Kursova comes from a background in music, you'll notice that it's Retrovirus Records is the, uh, the name of the account. Uh, he's used to... Um, he's used to the the music industry which is a little more unforgiving um especially in in the punk music scene uh so um so yeah he treats it as a business he treats it as a serious serious thing ever since the oh thank you Hey there mere curious i cannot even try to pronounce that uh i appreciate that uh but um even from the very beginning, from, from Cursova number one, which one of my stories was in, thank you very much. Um, he's always said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this as a business. This isn't a hobby. This isn't a, a whim. Uh, and you know, over the last 10 years or so, I think he's proved that to everybody's satisfaction. Um, as far as my own project, this one, Small Worlds, which I, I suppose I'm supposed to be talking about, um, it's uh, it's kind of scattershot. Um, when I started doing short fiction uh, almost exclusively, which I have, I've got four novels out, but since then um, I've been doing short fiction. Um, I said to myself, I want to do a science fiction and a fantasy and a horror collection. Those were, and, um, and I did those three. This one um, is a a mix of everything. There's science fiction, there's fantasy, there's horror, there's weird tales. There's um, kind of sort of lit RPG in it. Um, I kept, trying to because it's it's a it's a genre i find fascinating i kept trying to write it and i kept drifting off into <laughs> the twilight zone which is something that i happen uh that happens to me a lot um so um so it's a little more difficult to to uh uh to pitch uh, as i was saying before the before the show started um uh, an Atlas of Bad Roads, my horror collection, was one of the most successful Kickstarters that Kassarov was ever run. And part of that was because there is such a a vibrant and an active uh, horror community for short fiction. Um, horror short stories have always been... Um, uh, they... they Uh, there's always been that market for it and this it's kind of more you know i've been trying to do my elevator pitch and it's kind of like well there are a bunch of different stories about a bunch of different things um my um uh um my tagline as it were for small worlds is that small worlds need saving too and uh and i try to do uh kind of intimate stories um although ironically they're also very long stories these are these are mostly novella length uh particularly i mean it's in strong contrast to to uh, atlas of bad roads that's um uh, the horror tends to be very short you want to get in get out you know and uh and these, I've got more room to kind of laze around and look at the scenery. Um, I'm rambling here. I don't know if they, I, you, anybody wants me to go in a particular direction or I just shiver mindlessly. Um, I like it. One, uh, one thing that I did want to point out that is um, uh, kind of indicative of my profile as... As a writer is that in addition to this project, I have got uh, three upcoming projects that I've got stories in that uh, all of which will be launched fairly short, fairly soon. Um, There is the um, uh, Jay Laggy Lamplighter um, who does um, um, small publishing um, has been doing this series on fantastic schools which are kind of, um, I wouldn't say an alternative to Harry Potter exactly, but it's just taking that idea of of a school that teaches magic. And uh, and a lot of different people are going a lot of different directions in that. Uh, I myself uh, have got the story set in, in my Dracoheim universe, which is the one that Bad Dreams and Broken Hearts, which is kind of uh, 1960s L.A. with magic and dragons um and i thank you um and uh um but uh but i took the idea of a trade school for magic this is basically the uh the vaterat or or um um uh, for for people who are not going to be wizards but are going to be technicians and you know igors technicians in in magical labs so uh my character is is you know, um, teaching basically, you know, uh, HVAC only magic. Uh, anyway, so there's that story. The other one is also going to be another Cursova project. And that's going to be, uh, the mighty sons of Hercules, which will be launching, I believe in July that, uh, <clears throat> that our stories based, uh, essentially on Italian drive-in movies, um, he, uh he had this idea that um, apparently in the 70s and 80s I guess maybe even earlier I think it's 60s and 70s uh, there were a series of Italian uh, B movies about um, I'm not sure how it's pronounced machista who is the son of Hercules and it's these um uh, sandals and sorcery this guy out in the desert with you know, big pecs and shirtless and running around in a loincloth who goes and beats up evil wizards and punches out uh, camels and, you know, is this massive, um, anyway, so he decided uh, let's do a bunch of stories on that. And I was one of the authors he, he, um, he asked, uh, because we worked together really well and, um, and so I've got that going on. I've got this kind of uh, uh, pulp B movie aesthetic collection, um, and then the third one is um, for uh, uh, Jay Mansfield, uh, Witchel's um, uh, Tales to Make You Vomit. I am uh, one of the f- <laughs> the first people in the to be invited into the vomit verse. Um, and, uh, you know, he's done several of these, these over the top body horror, you know, deliberately as offensive as possible collections. And he asked me to, to, uh, submit a story. So he's actually going to be doing his first, um, multi-author collection. Yes, that's the one. Um, so there I am. I've got like, why, uh, you know, young adult, magical school thing. I've got B movie Hercules and I've got, you know, offensive body horror. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't really stick to anything cohesive or coherent. Um, I just, whatever, whatever strikes my fancy. And, uh, so.
1: (laughs) So, You've got an eclectic collection.
2: Yeah, that's kind of... And this one here, uh, to give you a, a brief rundown on, on what I've got. Um, several science fiction. Uh, one, Twilight Zone, a man who gets phone calls from the past and it's deliberately never explained what exactly is going on. Um, I have got, and I'm very pleased with this. I have got the first uh, officially authorized uh, Chalt fan fiction. Um, I have got a story called uh, "My uh, My Grandfather's Grandfather's Bald Goddesses" that is is set in um, the the RPG world of Chalt. Um, I had uh, I interviewed. Um, venger verger Vir, venger, venger yeah yes of catholic publishing a couple of times and i said you know hey i i like your Chalt books i like your Chalt world would it be okay if i were to short story and so i wrote it and, and i sent it to him and he gave it his uh obstat and said that i could go ahead and and so there is a a an official an official Chalt tie-in short story in small worlds um love it um so yeah i'm i'm excited about this i'm always excited about my projects and i'm also always nervous i'm i'm scared to death that this is going to be the one that people are going to read it and they're finally going to realize i'm no good and everybody's going to hate it and they'll throw rocks at me and you know um because that's just my personality type um but, you know, the people who have read it have said that it's good. Um, Alex obviously said it was good because he's publishing the thing. Um, the, uh, I, I, I spoke with, uh, with the editor and, and uh, uh, the proofreader, and, and he said he liked it. So, you know, I'm... Uh, and I've people, read that. Uh, actually keep
1: buying your books. You must not be that bad. Apparently not. Apparently
2: not. I'm not, you know, I don't have, you know, my own mountain with an underground shooting range or anything, but, you know, um, <laughs> so I'm not a truly successful author. I'm just kind of a marginally successful author. You know, uh, I think actually if, uh, if I am remembered at all, it will be in a footnote to the Kursova story. Um, Cause he's going to go places. I don't know where, but he's definitely going places. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. And, uh, um, keeping busy, you know, working my day job, uh, doing all kinds of interesting things. Um,
1: Hey, you know, even the grandmaster of science fiction, John C. Wright has a day job,
2: you know, and, and, you know, the people that I consider my inspirations, my, uh, um, you know, like, uh, um, George Alec Effinger and Philip Dick and, and, uh, you know, Samuel Delany, most of them either, you know, uh, basically starved and lived, you know, royalty to royalty or had some kind of full-time day job. I believe that Tim powers, who I consider to be the absolute master of American fantasy is still carries a full teaching load. Um, And and pays his bills as a university instructor instead of, you know, just as an author. So, you know,
0: could be wrong about that, but uh, (laughs) I I heard that there's only about 1,400 full-time paid authors uh, in the United States.
1: 1,400.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's,
2: that's, and to think that Chuck Tingle is one of them, you know? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think, you know, I ought to see if I could do something like that, something really just dreadful just to make money. But I, I, um, I figure if I'm going to do a day job I don't like, I might as well, you know, do something I, I at least am good at. <laughs> so uh, so well, if you need a locksmith in the in in, in you know, Missouri, feel free to give me a call. Um,
1: so. All right, I I get I think that was sort of a shotgun blast of all the, the different stories and the different types of stories in there. Um, do you have a favorite?
2: Yes, actually, I do, uh, and it's funny because my favorite now, looking back at the collection, was the one that I least enjoyed writing, um, and that is uh, um, this green and pleasant sky. Um, that is um, is about a a. Uh, restaurant here he he owns and runs a a cajun restaurant in uh in new orleans and runs up incredible amounts of debt and uh and basically goes to um goes to bankruptcy court and they say you know we'll pay off your debts if you enlist in the space force and go work on this uh farming asteroid um sending sending you know food back to earth. And, um, and so he gets sent out into this, uh, uh, into this asteroid. And, um, it's, um, it's kind of an, uh, no offense to Australia, but it's kind of an Australia situation. Um, PDK also had a drug problem. Yeah. Um, that, um, uh, that, uh, the other Uh, People who are working this particular asteroid are are all prisoners from this this uh, maximum security prison in Florida. And uh, and it's a woman's prison. So he is the only man with 11 women who have not seen a man in several years. Um, But the the sexual tension is very minor compared to the issue that um that none of them really knew how to run the station and it's on the verge of ecological collapse and he basically has to go in and try to fix things for everybody um but um it's one of those stories it's hard to explain what it is that i like about it because story-wise it's not um but but it's the personalities it's the people once i uh, once I got into it, and like I say, it was really tough until um, until I had the ending figured out, which I usually don't do until I write it. I kept set putting it down, and it probably worked on it over the course of a year. Uh, I'd, I'd work on it a little bit, and I'd be—I have no idea what to do from here, so I'd set it down and um, pick it up later on. But yeah, I'd say that one, uh, this green and pleasant sky, is. Is my favorite, um, but that's like subject to change. I, I go back and forth all the time with that, and uh, and I, I always feel kind of embarrassed admitting it. But I love rereading my own work, um, and even more than rereading it, I love hearing the audiobooks. books. Um, I've got I've got a narrator that gets me. Uh, Brandon McKernan, his name is. He's done all my books, and uh, and I don't have to explain anything to him. I don't have to say, well, you know, in this scene, so and so's feeling this, and so and so's. He gets it, and he just he just reads it like I hear it in my head. It's magnificent, and uh, and I do a lot of driving for my job, and I have been known to just be stressed out, and I will put one of my own collections or my own novels on on audible and listen to that and it calms me down so <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm not sure what that says about me um I I think that's probably unusual it is because most people are like oh man I never go back and read my own work oh you know you're just not as much of a narcissist as I am um, <laughs> but I mean I also always... I I have a real problem with good enough. I am a, I am a perfectionist, and that actually gets in my way a lot because you know they always say that that perfect is the enemy of good and and all that. But um, but I will spend you know hours going back over. There's a, 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 a apocryphal story about Oscar Wilde where he spent all day writing and and they said well how is your writing going and and he said well this morning i i put a comma in one of my poems and this afternoon i took it out again and that's kind of the way i do it um i've been known to uh (coughs) you know spend spend days on a a single paragraph um obviously i spend time doing other things and working and, and petting the cat and whatnot but you know
1: I, I try oh, sure. to. I mean, you, you, you're an artisan playing his craft. You, you could hardly be blamed for wanting to optimize your, even things like a sentence. I... One thing that you said that was interesting that I really wanted to dig deeper on uh, was about your favorite story. Uh, you said... It, it wasn't necessarily about the story it was is it was about the characters uh is that is that typical for you is is character the way you like to think about or experience stories is that oh, absolutely. common yeah
2: and it's uh, it's uh it's how i operate as a reader too it's the it's the people that you know i always say that that if you want you want me to read your, your work, then, you know, I don't care about the world. I don't care about the, the flashbangs and the, what I, it's people, you know, give me a person that, that I care what that happens to them. And, uh, and that's what, you know, all of my, and even, even, you know, in, in stories, because I've got some stories that, uh, that I never even give the character a name, but hopefully I give them a, a personality um is that uh you know if i don't care what is going you know if i don't care who the who the events are happening to then i won't care what's happening you know and a lot of um a lot of science fiction and fantasy unfortunately is is all about you know the the big ideas. And it's like, you know, it's not the big ideas I care about. It's, it's, it's the people, it's the individuals, it's the, you know, um,
1: you like to create that weird science fiction setting, but the setting itself, it isn't what interests you. You want to see, all right. I, so now I've put this poor sap in this asteroid mining colony and let's see what happens.
2: Right. Right. And it's, it's the, the whole point of having, uh, or, or like the the another one 200, 284 miles to empty is what I called it. Um, is is a man who's doing a long uh, cross country drive for work and, uh, and he keeps getting calls on his cell phone from um, this same woman. At, at the beginning, it's a little girl, but you know, and, uh, and it's one day for him, but it's he's getting call every hour or so that are like four or five years apart in her life. And, um, and I like the idea, but mostly it was, you know, well, what if, what if this happened? How would that make you feel? How would you react to that? How would you deal with it? You know? Um, and, and again, that's why I, I generally don't put a lot of, of uh, uh, detail in about my people because, I want to, I want you to be able to put yourself into that, that position, you know, if, if this was me, what would happen? You know, if I, if I was this person and, uh, you know, people talk about the, the superversive movement and uh, uplifting stories and, and uh, what, what my goal is, is that for a reader to read one of my stories and say, you know, if I was in this situation and I did what this character did, I'd feel good about myself. And I guess that's my, um, uh, that's my uh, uh, benchmark for, for if I'm writing a good story.
1: (laughs) I love it. Um, So Another thing I like to talk to writers about is the way they write and, and, and I'm sort of getting this weird dichotomy from you because you care a lot about the technical details. At the same time, it sounds like you don't extensively outline your work. It sounds like uh, you, you know, you don't, or you said you don't know the ending until you actually get to it. I don't so outline at all. I you don't, don't outline. You don't outline at all. Outline at all. So, what's your? How does that square with your perfectionist tendencies? Um. I mentioned that I don't
2: write a lot of word count. Right. Um, it's, um, you know, because I also I don't do drafts. Um. I. I just i kind of hammer out a word at a time i guess um Mm -hmm. and and my problem with outlines is that um no battle plan survives encounter with the enemy you know and and uh it's it's on a very small chunk level that i work i i i don't work in in um in big chunks I work in little chunks you know this happens and then well okay looking at this happening what happens next you know um and and I I it's like I'm uh exploring a cavern with a flashlight and I can only see you know a few feet ahead of me at a time and uh and I've mentioned several sometimes I do know there's a couple of stories where it's, it's like okay yeah i i I know the ending and I want to get to that, but usually it's just let's follow this and see where it goes. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's a process. It's, uh, a matter of, of taking, taking the next thing and, and, you know, what, because I think that can be lost. I think if, if you've got, if you've got a big picture outlook. If you've got a, I want to go from here to there outlook um, and something you encounter something along the way that would divert that you tend to just bulldoze through it or paper over it. Or um, uh, I I don't. uh, And so, you know, that's where plot holes come from because you you just kind of, go too quick to the exit and, and, and you don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't tend to run into plot holes because I tend to take every, you know, take one step at a time. And, uh, rather than get to the end of the story and think, Oh, wait a second, back in step 14, they should have done this instead of that. Um, uh, and, um, This isn't making any sense at all, is it? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I mean, for example, in in one of my novels, there was a secret scene when my main characters are are holed up inside of this um, uh, old um, medical building. And there is somebody in the front parking lot who has got uh, a... he's got a gun that launches electrified frogs. Um, but, um, but the point is that he's got a weapon that, that they have to, uh, find a way to flank him. And I, I wrote in this, my mind, this big, uh, strategic scene where some people would go this way and some people would go that way and they'd find a way. And then I realized, wait a second, what about a back door? And so I, didn't use any of my big battle scene that I had outlined in my head, and it just had them go out the back door, you know. Um, and it's that kind of thing. That kind of, you know. Um, wait a second, you know. Stop this. What, what would the person logically do in this? And and that means that that a lot of stuff that you see in in um, in cop movies or thrillers where you know the the detective is going mano a mano with the mad killer and wait a second, you got a whole department behind you. You know, you're telling me that that, you you couldn't take to call the station house and get a load of blue suits to go with you. Um, Let's, let's think about this reasonably. Let's think about this logically. And, uh, and as I've said, um, sometimes doing the, the, uh, real world logic, next thing that would actually happen, it can be the most surprising thing of all. Because people are used to the story beats, the tropes, the, well, of course, you know, they're going to, uh, they're going to arrange this big showdown. Well, you know, big showdowns don't make any sense. Um, And, uh, and don't even get me started with the crawling through the, uh, air ducts that doesn't happen in the real world um i tend to be very who
1: fits in those anyway
2: <laughs> hamsters that's who fits in them um <laughs> you know and and it works for me i guess um that uh but like i say a lot of times people are 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 surprised because it doesn't follow the set story that's the the you know well you know in this type of story this always happens well screw that you know um if uh if dragons were real then what would happen if spaceships were real well i mean spaceships are real but i mean if starships were real what would actually happen um and uh, and that's kind of it's good and bad to it um it it makes me a very annoying person to watch movies with. Um, fortunately, my roommate is uh, who is a a real forensic files fan. Also does the same thing. So we'll be watching some movie on on Netflix or whatever, and we we'll be both are like, no, that didn't happen. That couldn't happen. You know, that doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't do that. You know, all that. So
1: simply cannot watch any crime movies or mysteries
2: yeah i mean they're just so ridiculous so absurd you know um
1: oh you're that guy
2: i i'm totally that guy and and because i've got a background in building maintenance you know i know how elevators work i know how air conditioning works and how fire alarms work so many times oh we're trapped in the building and can't get out well no actually you just have to push the panic bar you're outside um yeah and maybe it sets off an alarm but you're still going to be able to leave the building mm-hmm. um, yeah i i will quote you chapter and verse on fire codes um
1: so do you <laughs> so do you find yourself avoiding those situations or do you force yourself to write a sort of that? Uh, here's how it would actually happen in the real world oh i like that. i
2: like taking the taking the tropes and and Hitting them with a a cold water, you know, uh, saying, "Well, oh, no, in the real world, this would happen," um, and, uh, and 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 that's and that's fun for me, and that's that's I I, I like, um, and and frequently, frequently, just simply by following what would actually happen in the real world, you do send it to turn these tropes on their heads. You do. A surprise and uh, and uh, astonish the audience that uh, oh wow you know somebody actually thought of that um, you know, car chases you know okay there's such a thing as roadblocks you know there's such a thing as as calling to the the next jurisdiction over and having them uh, block the road so that you know um, and maybe you know. It's not as exciting but it's
0: it's a lot more real. That's one of the things that the Dukes of Hazard actually did on several occasions is um, they had a sheriff of the next county over who would come out and set up a roadblock at the county line. Right. You know, and he was this big imposing, you know, guy. He wasn't, he wasn't like Roscoe P. Coltrane. So, you know, you'd think that that a show based around fantastic jumps and car chases would just not do that. But they had roadblocks in that show, and they had uh, people in the next county over. Right, which is, why, which
2: is why it was, you know, their edge was that they knew the territory, and they, yeah. they knew the back roads, and they could – you know, uh, they could anticipate, oh, hey, you know, they're going to be set up on a highway. So we're going to go down this this little farm trail that nobody else knows about. Um, Meandering and losing focus. Yes. Well, that's kind of my signature style. <laughs> um, but, you know, I and, I, and I've, I've talked about the Joe's sandwich is, I guess, how i get around um uh not having an outline and and the joe's sandwich method is that you've got this character joe and he's hungry and he wants to get a sandwich and then something happens that prevents him from getting it but if you stay focused on the sandwich the whole time then you always kind of have a direction to go um my uh my formula is is somebody who has a reasonable goal and encounters an unreasonable obstacle to it and has to find a way around it um burrito avenger yes that's, um, that's a real book yeah i've 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 heard of it actually um
0: the guy wants to get a burrito and bad guys try to prevent him and he has to go through hordes of bad guys to to get his burrito yeah
2: and that's you know and that's the basic that's that is in all seriousness a very um relatable we've all been hungry we know what being hungry is like you know we uh we know what being scared is like we know what being in love is like you know and and there's this idea that you know there's got to be some um, kind of um, overarching huge once again this is my my reaction against bigness in fiction Uh, there has to be you know saving the planet saving the world uh, but no actually it's those aren't um, people don't ever really want to save the world they just want to carve their initials in it. Um, and, and I don't trust people who have got big overarching, this is how we're going to save humanity. You know, it's like, it's, tell me how you're going to save yourself. You know, um, tell me what, room. what you want. You know, people want shelter. People want clothing. People want their cats to stop bothering them. Um, whatever uh and it's it stays stay grounded stay in what's real um and that's that's what i think that's what stories um that and and my other my other big motivation is it's my job you know um what is uh because i hate the the uh cop show trope that you know the the killer is targeting, you know, the members of this uh, police officer's family, and that's why he's going. At- no, he's going after him because he's a killer. Because that's his job. That's what he does. You know, yeah. I have this this image of somebody calling nine one one and saying, "Oh, there's a psychiatric killer out to get me." And the nine one one operator is like, "Well, you know, which detective is related to you?" Well, I'm not related to any detectives. Well, I'm sorry, we don't have anybody available to help you then. Um, you know, just because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, not rocket science. Um, I always, uh, whenever I do one of these things, and and I think I mentioned in the um, uh, before we went on the air that I hate doing these things. I just I just ramble, and then later on I listen to it, I cringe, and I'm like, what the hell was I even talking about? Um, so, please, somebody <laughs> figure out something.
1: One of my favorite parts of, of the show because, uh, no, it is it is good. It is great talking to you, Misha. And sometimes uh, I just let you have just enough rope to hang yourself. <laughs> um, well, I believe
2: I've done that.
1: <laughs> no, I, I was actually uh, looking up what you were talking about, uh, reminds me, and I, I'm not sure I have the brain power to. Uh, tied in appropriately but this reminds me of a tweet that you sent you know what you were talking about like living in the real world and everything um this tweet about your job <laughs> where you're called to f- fix a door and and you're faced with this empty storefront you know this buildings in the middle of being demolished <laughs> and, and there's never mind a front door there's no wall there yes right? um <laughs> And what you were thinking of like living in the real world or something like that. And this, and, uh, in your last collection, uh, an Atlas of bad roads, which uh, I read a few stories in, um, it gets me that same vibe. You, uh, aren't looking for the guy who's f- trying to save the world or, or whatever. Uh, you really, y- you, you live, I think, I think you personally live in this sort of strange reality uh, and reality itself is strange, but like, this is your life, you know, uh, and the comment here about your story about the missing front door, why Misha Burnett is good at writing horror. He lives every day in the shadow and at the whim of mad blind gods. You just want to take those spaces and put, you're put these people, put these characters in it, and see what happens, right? Basically, um, yeah. Like that's that's your style, and I think anybody who likes horror or or anybody who likes weird fiction or strange fiction or fantasy, I think they recognize that, and I think that's why you, uh, for all your you know self-deprecating humor. That's why you have found your audience because people recognize that and they say, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's a unique perspective. That's a great setup. And I want to see what happens to those people as well.
2: And, 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 and it's the same kind of, uh, Oh, thank you. Um, the, the, uh, uh, it's kind of a daydream, you know, it's kind of a, you know, going through your daily life and everybody thinks your daily life is boring. And, and, uh, but it's like, well, what if something just completely off the wall happened to you right now? What, uh, how would you react? How would you? And that's kind of what I want to be. I want to give people, I want to give people, you know, uh, a feeling of it could, it's you know make make life a little more interesting um that that this could happen to me and this would be exciting and this would be fun and this would be scary but I'd feel you know vindicated when I got through it and you know got out the other side and the other uh, you know in one piece and and uh, and saved the pretty girl and and all that kind of stuff, um, because that's what fantasy is for. That's what uh, it's it's. Um, I, and I wax philosophical on the whole subject of of f- fiction and what it means, and you know the uses of art to human consciousness and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but it's just to give us a chance to experience something outside of. Our regular reality but in order to do that it has to be grounded you have to start with the wood chopper's hut you have to you you you, you can't you can't just have it off in the middle of nowhere it has to be grounded otherwise how is the person reading it going to be able to feel those things to experience those things um you know, and I like stories about ordinary people that uh, that are just suddenly thrust into extraordinary events and, and uh, which I think is, you know, where all of the old fairy tales come from. It's not, you know, looking back at our 21st century perspective, you know, we think of, of woodchoppers and shepherds and even kings and princesses as being you know, extraordinary and, and fantastical, but they weren't to the people writing them. They were just, you know, Joe down the street. And, uh, uh, that's what I do.
1: (laughs) Well said. Well said. I think it's about time we start wrapping up, uh, War Pig. Last chance at questions for Misha. Actually, he answered the questions I had, (laughs) I know I was I was queuing up questions at the at the beginning of the show and and Misha went right through them all. Without That's even good, asking. I can read your mind. Oh man, <laughs> what am I thinking right now?
2: I'm not going to say that on the air.
1: Very good, very good.
0: <laughs> um, I uh, I don't have any questions for Misha, but I do want to. Uh, con- I don't know if we mentioned this. I don't want to congratulate. Uh, Raleigh, uh, in the chat, who is on scrum? Uh, Raleigh has a story, uh, in one of the upcoming Fantastic Schools books as well. So, uh, congratulations to him. I uh, love this
1: little corner of, of fiction, um, even as someone who doesn't really read much. Uh, th- Really cool guys.
2: Yeah, I don't read. I I feel bad. I don't read half as much. um, I did read that. He sent it to me. Um, I don't read half as much um, of of people I know as I should. um, And I feel bad about that. But, you know, I feel bad about a lot of things. I I get over it. Um, (laughs) I am really looking forward to... Uh, the new Pilum press and seeing um, uh, seeing John Dacre's uh, new new fiction. I, I, he's got another he's had a couple. This will be I guess the third I'm guessing. Um, I know he was in Kursova. I know he was in the Corona Chan anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he's somebody to watch. You, you, you need to have him on on your show um, eventually. Uh, I I just need to poke them a little bit to do more self-promotion.
1: Poke. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, uh, Misha Burnett, last words.
2: Um, More light. Sorry, that was Gerté's last words, allegedly, and I think they're great. Um,
1: sorry <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I hope everybody listening live really in, enjoyed the show and people who listen later uh, this is the end of the Kickstarter like uh, the Kickstarter ends this weekend so uh, if you haven't backed small worlds uh, by Misha Burnett and Kursova publishing go check that out on Kickstarter If you're listening later and it's already been uh, been passed, uh, check it out on uh, on Amazon. Uh, I'm sure it'll be available. Uh, and check out Misha's other stuff, Atlas of Bad Roads. Like I said, I, I picked that up. Um, I already backed Small Worlds, so I'm looking forward to um, more of your weird stuff. Thank you. Um, so I, I hope everybody likes it, uh, and I really appreciate everybody listening on to the Geek Cab. Uh, and hey to everybody in the chat, lively chat today. Love you guys. I'm going to sign off for this week. Daddy War Pig the floor is yours okay um
0: whew. i want to say thank you for everyone who uh, listened live and thank you to everyone who will listen later we uh this has been geek gab for saturday may 27th 2023 you can catch us live just about the same time 12 no 2 p.m. eastern 11 a.m. pacific on youtube slash geek gab that is youtube.com slash geek gab you can also subscribe to us on the google play store Uh, we're on soundcloud.com and we are on the itunes store just do a search for geek gab download us on the device of your choice onto your computer or you can listen to us on the web because uh we're happy and friendly people here You can't see me smiling, a big wide grin, but I am. Okay, folks, we are signing out for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.